Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hello, everyone. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about how I was able to establish essentially a multiple six-figure baseline without doing the most and in a very, I would say, like unconventional way that I haven't really seen. And a lot of this was just based on me being a single parent and needing a lot of like space to, you know, process emotion and like work through trauma responses and my money scarcity and like all of these things that it actually wound up being a superpower because I really wound up being able to create a business that didn't require launching and like all of the structure and all these things that I didn't feel like I had the capacity for. But it didn't mean that I wasn't able to build a profitable business. So like I have had a a hugely profitable business that I built, I like to say in air quotes, like, like a single mom. But to be honest, this is for me the way to build a consulting business or coaching business or any sort of expertise-based business in a way that is of the highest profit with the most peace and what has really fit into my life and felt really simple. So I'm going to cover today six steps to establishing quarter million years as a baseline with just one offer and no launches. I'm going to cover not only the six steps, but also how my mindset And my perception of myself had to change in order to support that. So let's dive in. For the last two years, I've been able to maintain, like I said, a quarter million a year baseline just from one offer, which for me has been private coaching. And that's separate from launch income from Reclamation. So when you see, say, consulting-based businesses or coaching-based businesses that have these huge, huge years at a certain point they introduce launches and offers. So this is separate from that. I didn't even have an offer, a group offer to launch until the end of last year. And that was intentional because of what I'm going to talk about today. And I have been able to, like I said, establish this quarter million a year baseline with no launches, no digital products, no 90 minute intensives, no professional branding or a website yet. Like I didn't have a website or or branded until later this month. So later this month, I'm going to have that finally, but it's been almost four years, right? So it's just been me and like photo shoots and my expertise and my knowledge and my belief in myself. And also marketing on really only one platform, Instagram, And also, you know, speaking engagements, podcasts, things like that. So visibility for sure has been an element for me. But in terms of actual platforms, it's been mostly just marketing on Instagram. I haven't even really emailed my list until this year. A lot of this as well is my advice, what I'm going to share today, this same advice is going to apply to what it takes to work up to having a five-figure offer, but not fully. I'll have a separate episode on that. And it's also my advice for how to stay booked out, but I'm also going to release a separate podcast episode on that. So stay tuned because those are coming. And one final thing that I will say before I dive into the six steps is that the reason this is important and the reason that I wanted to talk about this today 
is not just because I'm like, oh, you know, here's what I did and here's what I helped my clients do and, you know, make more money, which is great. I'm saying this because I know and I've seen firsthand that we as women of color and first gen will place an artificial ceiling on ourselves as far as what we think is possible. And I think that the idea of a quarter million a year in income is like shocking to people when I'm talking about how when I did that, I was posting like three times a month for like the majority of my business. I was not structured. I felt inconsistent most of the time. I was in my feels like most of the time. I was struggling with single parent stuff. I was a big part of that time. I was living in Oregon away from my family and away from, you know, like people that I knew and felt lonely most of the time. Like that's what I'm proud of is like quarter million a year while not feeling super great most of the time, you know, while parenting, while going through it, while life was lifing, you can still do that. And I want there to be more examples of that, that like your perfection is not required. You being perfectly polished is not required. You can have a lot of things that you feel are hard or like, you know, working quote unquote against you and you still can make a lot of money. And that's why I thought it was important to share that today because I really want to shatter your perception of what you think is possible and what do you think it's going to require for you to get there. Okay. Had to say all that. Just to frame this, that this isn't just like how to make more money, like basic advice. Like this is literally that this is so rooted in I want more women of color and first gen and mothers and people, you know, still at their jobs to know what is possible for them by being that example and sharing how I got there. So reaching 200K, 250K baseline, I'd honestly say within the next year or two, if depending on where you are right now, you can get there by focusing on these steps. So number one, get better at selling one main high ticket offer versus trying to launch a group or trying to sell multiple things at once. I haven't seen that work out very well. People think like you have to go in and you have to give them like an offer that they jump into first. And then after that, they go into this other thing. But the thing is, every offer has a slightly different promise, slightly different audience. You also, the way that you sell a lower ticket offer is different than the way you sell a group is different than the way that you would sell one-on-one coaching. So you don't even know all those audiences well enough to sell to all of them at the same time. Not everyone believes this. A lot of what you get taught is like you need an, you know, an, an ascension model and you need all of these different price points. But like you don't know your audience well enough to do that at the same time. Every single offer is like a mini business within your overall business. And if you can learn how to provide the deepest transformation in the most intimate way with direct access to your client's brain, I don't care if what you're coaching and consulting them on comes from an entire career. For me, it does. It comes from 16 years in marketing. Does that mean that I know my client's brains? No, not until you start serving them, (laughs) right? So you are building a different skill set for every offer. The one thing that I would say is like really, really get better at selling one main high ticket offer and understand your person so, so well that you were like, I can pluck thoughts out of their brain. I know exactly what their perception is. I know exactly how they think about their problem. I know what verbiage and language is too advanced for them because they're not even there yet. You need to know your person so, so, so well, and then just getting better and better and better at like delivering that offer. So number one, get better at selling one main high ticket offer at one time. Number two, keep documenting and improving your client's results in that main offer. That is another thing that is 
pretty much impossible to do if you're trying to nurture multiple things at once. It's like, you'll push this one forward, you'll push this one forward, you'll push this one forward. But like none of them are becoming exceptional, amazing, incredible offers and programs, right? There's so many lessons individually to learn in each one. But if you really study the most intimate offer that you can, which is the one where you have the most direct access to your client, right? Whether you're a consultant or you're a coach or you are a like a done for you provider, whatever, if you focus on making that the best that it can be and you listen to what your clients are saying and you think about how can I deliver this better next time? What am I missing? How can I get better and better at it? You won't have to try that hard to sell it because it's going to be so good that your clients are going to send you other clients and your results are going to be so good that people are going to come across your page and they're going to be like, oh, you're the person for me that I want to work with. That just trickles down into everything else and it will make it easier for you in every regard. And it will feel like you're going slow because a big part of it is like, okay, well, I, you know, I want to go bigger. I want to do more. And it's like, no, literally the best thing that you can do is just make whatever your offer is the best it can possibly B. So that's number two. Number three, create a culture of renewals. So essentially, this is developing long term relationships with your clients. And that requires you always knowing what is next for them. This applies whether you are a done for you provider, or if you have an agency, or if you are a consultant or a coach. I want you to think about your client's trajectory, not just in what happens in the three months or what happens in the six months. Because then what happens is they get to the end of that trajectory and it's like, okay, you graduated, we're done, goodbye. They still have needs that are related to what you do. If you're not thinking about that, you may just kind of release them back into the world and then they're still going to have these needs. But because you didn't walk that path with them or think about that with them, then they're just going to finish working with you. And then you're going to just be replacing the clients, which is great. You also you always want to be bringing new clients into your main offer. But what is next for them? So this is where I would say if you're going to create another offer, have it come from your existing client base, not just something you imagine out in the world that's completely separate. That's in the same way that I created Reclamation Mastermind. So Reclamation Mastermind was an extension of my one-on-one coaching. And I knew them so, so, so well that eventually I was like, they need to, so they've made the money already. Now they want to blow it up and amplify that, add their thought leadership, become more visible, develop the leadership skills to scale and to, you know, hire team members and all those things. But that came from my one-on-one coaching. In fact, my literal one-on-one clients dropped into reclamation first. They were the first ones to sign up, right? So that's what I mean. But like, that's, that's part of my trajectory for them, right? So create a culture of renewals by always knowing what is next for your clients. And I say this also because renewals and long-term clients are not just important for like reaching an income goal, but it's also because having more time with your clients allows you to help them better. It allows you to create better, deeper results, which ensure that you stay booked out because you're providing a deeper transformation. So that's number three. Number four is get clear on your thought leadership and what is your highest level skill set. Now this on its own is its own topic that I'm going to touch upon at a high level here. Are there things that we talk about in reclamation? I will also talk about this in future episodes, but getting clear on your thought leadership means look at what it is that you do and think, what is my perspective 
on my industry, on my niche? What is an unmet need that I see that I solve for? What are my opinions? What are my perspectives? How do I deliver this in a unique way? And why? And why is that better for my clients? That's your thought leadership. You know, you integrate your story into there because, you know, I went through this or I saw this. This is why I I deliver this differently. This is why I see this need differently. This is how I'm different. But it has to do with your perspectives, your opinions, and how that is different and better for your client. And what I consider when I said higher level skill set, I think about regardless of what the outcome is, how can you access the most of you? in this offer. So I have a client actually that I interviewed last episode and she's a life and business coach. Now you could have a basic offer promise of like, I will help you create your first offer and your first four figure client, which is pretty basic. But I'm like, but what about that though? But like, what is different about that? Like who, like, what's the difference? And when, when I, we worked on it together, I was like, well, what is the bigger problem? Who are you selling this to in particular? It it can't just be everybody, right? So then we determined that her clients are people who come from very structured backgrounds. Like she works with a lot of people who come from like certified careers, right? And so they're very, very structured thinkers. And she attracts them because that's who she is and that's her background. So people who want to start businesses who come from very structured thinking certified backgrounds have specific challenges because they struggle to break out of right and wrong, black and white, sequential step-by-step thinking, right? So immediately she was able to access her own life experience, her own like past identities, her own professional experience. All of a sudden that became relevant. And when I say highest level skill set, I think about what parts of your professional background, your story you actually access when you're helping your clients. So I think sometimes we tend to put ourselves in boxes and think like, okay, but if I'm helping someone with this particular outcome, then this is the only thing that I can talk about. But oftentimes, especially when you're in like an information-based business or an expertise-based business, people will forget that they have a lot of transferable skills. So your highest level skill set is like, what do your clients need of your other transferable skills? These could be life skills. These could be business. This could be you know, professional. This could be creative. These could be other transferable skills that you bring in. And the reason that this is important is because at that point, you are the highest level expert that you can possibly be because even if you don't have a lot of experience in delivering your offer, you're accessing a lot of past things that are also transferable skills that help your client get a result as well. So number four is get clear on what is your thought leadership and what are the highest level skill sets, transferable skills that you also bring into your work and how does that help your clients better? Number five, make client results easy to find in multiple places. I cannot stress this enough. This is so simple, yet I see that sometimes the reason people don't do this is because they just simply don't have a process for capturing client testimonials or client wins. It doesn't always have to be testimonials at the end that you that you wait until the end. It's having a way of capturing wins and successes from your clients as you're working with them and at the very end. That will probably be a whole separate podcast like as I have a whole system on how I have so many testimonials from clients and how when people are deciding who to work with, that is something they specifically seek out. They will go to your website to see 
Who have you worked with? Has she worked with someone like me? What kind of results have they gotten? Are those the results that I want? Do I see myself in their client, you know, in, in her clients, right? That could be a huge opportunity for you right now if you haven't captured client successes. Like whether if you know, it could be as simple as for now, like a screenshot folder that you keep in your camera roll that has like your wins, and then you, you know, you share them, you keep them in a folder. Having a form that you send out before the client relationship ends so that it isn't like an afterthought, like send it out ahead of time, make it super easy. Part of what I do is I begin a sentence for them in the form and then they just finish it. That helps them give the testimonial because people don't know how to write testimonials. They know how to answer prompts, right? So that could be its old podcast episode, but make your client results easy to find in multiple places. Link in bio, website, tell stories about them in your content create folders in your Instagram. I think they have like a way of like creating folders with results, all of that. Make it super, super easy. Number six, make third-party credibility easy to find. Third-party credibility is when you are sharing your expertise on a platform you do not own. Third-party credibility carries more weight, in my opinion, depending on the platform than you and your own platform. Because you could say anything you want in your platform, but depending on the credibility of the platform you're on or what the platform is, it the reason it's called third-party credibility is because it's a third-party platform and then you build trust by being featured there. So that could be you being on someone's podcast. It could be a speaking engagement. It could be you being a guest coach. It could be you featured in an article. All of those things, right? Especially at the five-figure offer level, your clients expect to be able to find you sharing your expertise on platforms you don't own. I cannot tell you, like, I literally, I think every single client on discovery calls, especially once my offer became five figures at the beginning of last year, they all told me, I listened to all your podcast episodes. I, I Googled you. I looked you up on LinkedIn. I read articles that you wrote. I saw these things like they did their research. That matters because they want to know, is this person credible or are they just a good marketer? And there's a very big difference because even your client testimonials, you know, like people can kind of fudge those. And there's just a lot of things that you could say on your own platforms. But when they hear about you and they see where you've been featured or where you've spoken, it instantly is like, oh, this person is a trustworthy, credible person. And so one of the things even that I've had my reclamation clients do is create a Spotify playlist of podcast episodes that they've been featured in. If you have enough, some of them have a press page where they have a speaking page on their website and it has like links to places that they've been featured. And that's what I want for all my clients because they all have, they all like do a ton of speaking. And even if you haven't, the little things that you have done, like making that easy to find. Okay. So I'm going to recap really quick those five things. Number one, get better at selling one main high ticket offer versus trying to sell multiple things at once. Number two, keep documenting and improving client results in your main offer. Number three, create a culture of renewals by always knowing what's next for your client. Number four, get clear on your thought leadership and what is the highest level skill sets and transferable skills that you bring in to your offer and how you help your clients. Number five, make client results easy to find in multiple places. And number six, make third-party credibility or places that you've been featured easy to find. Okay, I know that was a lot, but honestly, and then before I go into the mindset and those shifts, those things, you don't have to do all of them at once. I think as you hear that, you're thinking, you may think like a few of them stand out to you. 
So I would say start with those first. Don't feel like you have to, you have to do all these things. You don't have to do all these things. But if you heard one of those six and you're like, these two really stand out to me, I know that I could do that right now. Put that in your plan for Q4. Put it in your plan for the new year. Get your team members on it, right? Okay, here's how my (laughs) mindset, my beliefs, my perception of myself had to change in order to allow this. Now, one thing that I'll mention is like getting to multiple six-figure years really does require you having a five-figure offer unless you want to have 20 clients at a time, which I think is like insane, right? Because your your attention is going to be split in so many different places. You're going to be burnt out. And that's just like less time that you have to think about each client, right? So really getting to multiple six-figure years does require you having a five-figure offer. And so here's a few things that had to shift for me. One is like I had to challenge the notion that I couldn't charge more than a certain amount. There was a time when I thought that I wasn't like established enough to charge 10K because like I didn't have branding and I wasn't a consistent marketer like my coach was. And like I just compared myself a lot. I remember that being a really big moment for me. In fact, there was one particular moment where last, it was at the beginning of last year, I was in Mexico City with my friends, Liz Fernandez and Erica Cruz. And Liz and I were like on a rooftop and having dinner in Mexico City. And she made this comparison. She's like, you are like the coach for first gen. She's like, you are like one of the top coaches out there. She's like, you are a a coach with a five figure offer. And at the time I wasn't charging five figures. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, Maybe at the end of the year, I don't know. And she's like, no, right now. Like she has this way of like calling you out with love and like you believe her when she says, and she's like, no, literally right now. She's like, you could charge more than that. Like, that's it. You're already a five-figure coach. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And what happened was I came home from this trip. I had done a photo shoot before this trip. My photos came back. I looked at those photos and I said, damn, I feel like I look like a million dollar coach in these photos. And I thought about what my friend Liz said. And I was like, you know what? I am a five-figure coach. I, I changed people's lives. Like I looked back at my testimonials. I, I thought about how much I care and how much I pour into my clients and the things that they have said and the things that they've done. And I decided that day to change my price. And within less than 24 hours, I already had a sales call booked at that 10K rate. And what's wild is I actually had more demand at 10K than I ever did at 8K or 6K. <laughs> like the calls were flying in at that time. I remember that was where I started booking like months in advance. And I managed to go from a 6k offer to a 15k offer within six months. So I went from 6k to 8k, then from 8k to 10, and then from 10 to 15. I had such a long wait list that I was like, there's just no way I mean, keep raising my prices that this is going to curb demand. But I think because my self concept was expanding along with it, And I really leaned into my thought leadership and everything that I'm sharing with you today, like the demand continued, but like the most important part was I had to number one, challenge the notion that I couldn't charge more than a certain amount or that I wasn't established enough or, you know, the branding and all those things that really don't matter when it comes to a five figure offer. So that was one of the things that really, really sticks with me. The other is I really had to challenge and keep challenging the notion that serving people of color meant keeping your rates quote unquote low. That's literally not true. And I think we can acknowledge that systemic oppression exists and that, you know, women are paid less than men in the workforce and we can acknowledge all these things. And 
also, my clients are badass. They are successful. They have many of them whole ass careers that they came from. They're really good with money and saving. You know what I mean? They're really strong decision makers and they do their homework before they come to me. Like they're hella smart. They're brilliant. They, they have the money. It isn't, and it's not to say that it doesn't scare them, but they're proud to invest five figures in themselves. So like, I never, to be honest, I never really sat in that thought very long, but I've heard other people kind of have this concern about that. And I just wanted to say that this is something that I've thought about, but like, I I haven't really sat in that thought very much. And I have so much evidence of literally like more than 90% of my clients. If you look at me making almost three quarters of a million in three and a half years, 90% of that was from first gen, almost in particular first gen. So this is evidence. The other is that I had to also challenge the notion that people wouldn't pay five figures or pay me more than a certain amount unless they were already making money in their business. I've served a lot of clients who have don't have a business yet. Like they don't have a brand, they are they have a job, right? And they have this idea and we build their business from scratch and they many of them like land clients within a couple of months, right? So that is not true, but I also worked with people who have businesses and the main thing that they wanted from me wasn't even that. It was like their own self-perception and confidence and how they're showing up. So challenge the notion that people wouldn't pay that unless they were already making money in their business because that's not necessarily true. The other thing is number four, I challenge the notion that people could only charge five figures when they promised a financial outcome. I know many of you are like, no, but you can't do that unless you're a business coach or you can't do this unless, you know, whatever. And I am like the lifiest business coach there is in in so many ways, right? And if you look at my testimonials, even the clients who made hella money, like even the clients who made six figures, I have seven figure clients, right? Spent 90% of their testimonial talking about how their lives were impacted, how their self-concept was impacted, not the financial part, right? So yes, that matters, but that's not why they come to me. And so challenge the notion that people can only charge five figures if you're promising a financial outcome, because that's not true. I also had to really work on believing that a five-figure offer was actually better for my clients because of the fact that the level of focus, the level of like commitment, the expertise that I was bringing, it felt like it was an energetic exchange that really like reflected like how deep and how personal and all of the expertise that I am pulling in to help this particular client that's completely different than the way that I would support a different client and that this really reflected that. And then I think finally, one of the most important things is multiple six figures to be able to hold that, to feel worthy to receive that, to feel safe to receive that. And knowing that like oftentimes the more money you make, the more, you know, the bigger your investments start to get. So I had to feel safe to receive that amount of money, but I also had to feel safe to make bigger investments. So when 25K, many times it would be 26K would enter my account, 24K sometimes would be going out, um, including my owner's pay, right? So seeing five figures a month, multiple five figures a month leave my account when multiple five figures was coming in that was a lot, right? So I worked with a somatic coach and I still do to this day 
to process emotions, fear, fear of abandonment, fear of failure, um, building up my sense of worthiness, my fears around money and my past money stories and forgiving myself for things in the past that I was blaming myself for, right? The fear that it was going to run out any day now, like all of those things are part of what shifted. And it's not to say that like you have to do all these things. You don't have to do all these things. This is really just me sharing my story of the fact that making more money isn't just about doing the steps. It's also about changing the way that you think about what's possible. Think about your own, you know, self-concept and how you see yourself and feeling safe to not just charge that much, but receive that much to invest more so that you can have more help. Because when you have more clients, you definitely need more help. You need systems, all these things that require an investment. So it really does require safety. It really does require changing what you think is possible and how you see yourself, not just doing the steps. Because Lord knows if doing the steps was enough, we would all be making <laughs> so much more money. So in many ways, the person that I you know, had to become was equally, if not more important than the steps, because otherwise I could share these steps with you and you just won't think it's possible for you, or you won't think you know, you're worthy, or you'll be afraid to actually hold someone paying you $15,000 in full because you you just have thoughts about it, right? Like we will reject things that we don't feel safe holding, even if our logical brain wants those things. So I want to recap the last few things that I shared around how my mindset and my sense of safety had to shift in order to receive a quarter million a year business with just my private coaching offer. One is challenging the notion that I couldn't charge more than a certain amount because I wasn't worthy. Number two is I had to keep challenging the notion that serving people of color meant keeping your rates quote unquote low. Number three, I challenged the notion that people wouldn't pay more than a certain amount unless they already were high earning business owners. Number four, I challenged the notion that people could only charge a certain amount (laughs) if they promised a financial outcome and led with that. Number five, I really believed that a five-figure offer was better for my clients. And number six, working with a life coach or a therapist or a somatic coach to process emotion, to feel safe to receive the clients, to feel safe to receive the money, to manage it, to hold it, to manage receiving more visibility, holding space for more clients and all of, all of the fears and the, the things that come with that. So I hope that you took something from this today that not only has shifted your perception of what you think is possible, but maybe how far away you think that might be for you, that maybe it isn't as far away as you think and you don't have to do the most. You don't have to necessarily market more or go and change the way you are or go and get, you know, you need a brand right now. Like you don't need necessarily all of those things. You literally could have a quarter million a year business, keep it simple. You don't have to launch. You don't have to be the most organized, structured person You can still have plenty of space for life. This entire time, I've taken like eight, nine weeks off a year. I took most of July off to take my daughter to Puerto Vallarta, and I plan to do more of that. In fact, next year, I want to expand that out to like five weeks and taking Christmas break off and spring break off and Thanksgiving break and being on the PTA and volunteering at her school and doing those things that really 
matter. I want to be the PTA mom. I want to go on the field trips and I do, and I do those things, right? So it's just so important. Like I really want you all to know because I want to share all of the lessons that I have because I want my people to make more money and feel more peaceful and not feel like they have to lose themselves in the process of growing a business. I don't want them to feel like they have to be tied to their computer and like being on calls 24 seven. And I really hope that today's episode helped you with that. Thank you for being with me today and I will see you on the next episode.